It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. We are back. Welcome to the playgrounds where we talk truth to power. I'm Herb. I'm here with my great friend, wonderful basketball mind, all-around nice guy, <laughs> Arik. Hey, and uh, we're both in kind of a weird mood. Is that fair to say, Arik? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird world. You know? We live in a weird world. We live in a weird world. Yeah. Yeah, we live in a weird world, and uh, and that's just the way it is. There's always like some fun basketball story that we try to end uh, our week on to, yeah. to be kind of upbeat, and it's just like it's just not there. <laughs> not right this now. week, buddy. <clears throat> uh, we could start with the only fun thing I have to talk about: the fact that I saw Ready Player One last night. Oh, how was it? <clears throat> it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna overuse That's that not word. Like good, I wouldn't say. It's entertaining, but um, um yeah. It's like it's basically all just a vessel for nostalgia, and the kind of the, the the odd thing about it is that it's set in the year twenty forty five, and most okay. of the movie is set in this giant virtual world um, that this uh, uh, man who dies before the events of the film created, and most of the the film is about the the battle for control of that world, uh, right. which the man is, has basically in his well said, whoever solves this treasure hunt in my world gets to own it and it's the most powerful company and it's this like you know ragtag bunch of kids up against an evil corporation trying to uh win the scavenger hunt first what could be bad about that well i mean i mean that's fine right that yeah. sounds spielbergy it does the kids got uh, a absent father <laughs> it's very spielberg um but like it's set in 2045, and the nostalgia obviously ends at about 2018. Um, and it's just like <laughs> everyone is obsessed with uh, the 80s. Yeah, the 80s and the 90s, and, and even like our present. Like, there's references to Overwatch and Minecraft yeah. and, and more. So modern nothing things. has happened in like 30 years. Yeah, it's like nothing has happened in 30 years. And then the soundtrack is all 80s. Like, it's like <laughs> the movie starts and it's playing, and they're in the real world, you know, it's playing like Jump by Van Halen, yeah. and, you know. During a big battle scene, they play We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. And it's just, it's really weird. It's like if yeah. kids today were all obsessed with, like, the late 50s and early 60s. It doesn't really... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because you, you do see kids wearing, like, you'll see kids who were not alive when Kurt Cobain was alive wearing, like, Nirvana shirts. But that, yes. And you even see people going back, like, I remember when we were teenagers, kids were wearing, like, Led Zeppelin shirts and stuff like that. Where it was, like, you sure, yeah, part of this. But, like, uh, you don't see a lot of people wearing, like, a, like a Buddy Holly shirt. <laughs> no, like you a, don't. Like a big bopper, yeah. you know. Like or I, especially, I, like, then, like, the TV and film of the time. Like, yeah, TV, like, leave it to Beaver. Yeah, that stuff ages so quickly totally. that generally, I mean, I like to watch, like, old TV shows, but um, it's always kind of like, it, you know, if you go too far back, it's just become sort of this, like, experiment, you know? It's it's always kind of interesting, but it's yeah, not it's more necessarily... of an archaeological project. Yeah. You're not really yeah. you're not really experiencing entertainment, you're like learning about the history. Yeah. Yeah. I I know one person that really, really enjoys genuinely watching I Love Lucy. Is it Brian? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wouldn't that be great? I could see him enjoying it. Yeah, that. he's got he likes um you know what he likes is that show Taxi. Oh yeah. I remember yeah. Taxi. Who Taxi's likes uh, who do I know the person? 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, 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 Lina, our friend Lina. Oh, from, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. She really likes I Love Lucy. I could see that. I mean, She loves know, it. She I Love loves Lucy's it. a classic. I mean, yeah. I still love the Marx Brothers. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I love Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, I, I love Charlie I, Chaplin. I, there Buster are old Keaton, movies. Yeah. Harold Lloyd. Uh, there are old films like Citizen Kane, genuinely gripping, uh, Still very today. Yeah, and you know, of course, I watch today. a lot of old yeah. movies. Yeah. And I think old movies can be extraordinarily entertaining and powerful. The, the thing is, though, like, like in none of these instances, you have, like, like to just, like, uniformly be uh, no, obsessed not, like, with culture references all, yeah, with, with all pop culture from a certain yeah. era is uh, rings weird. a little false. And, uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, and it's, like, the whole, whole world like there's a uh there's a point there like the 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 evil corporate dude who is uh uh, the main antagonist of the film is trying to convince the hero that he's not such a bad guy and they have like a john hughes off where the guy's showing he's like i know john hughes movies you know what yeah and it's like why yeah, it's so it's so it's so weird, and it is yeah. an entertaining film. So you enjoyed um, it. What, what's how do we do ratings here at the at the rules? Do we rate things? We don't generally do it, but I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm happy to give it a shot. Like, uh, I guess I just want thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, if you're just going that that broad, like positive or negative, I, yeah. I would say thumbs up. Okay. It's pretty mindless, but it's it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, uh, there is a. Uh, slightly uh a slight thrill to seeing all those like uh, uh figures it does it feels sort of excessive and, and like i said it's just like a lot of nostalgia for nostalgia's sake right. um but uh yeah There's it was funness to that yeah it was fun it was kind of entertaining there there, okay. there are definitely like weird things about it uh, I mean, i'm not the, gonna go see it so it doesn't really matter <laughs> let's say if I, on a scale of 10 i'd say it's like a 6.5 out of 10 i like the um the the I guess it was the old Netflix scale because now they just have the thumbs up thumbs down right but they used to have like oh that's like, right you used to star it now you just do thumbs yeah up, thumbs and out of the five stars what it meant was that one was hate it two was didn't like it three was liked it four was really liked it five was loved it so uh-huh. are you a three or a four I would say I'm I'm kind of like wavering between those two but probably a three probably closer yeah. to a three it sounds like a three it sounded like a three like I liked yeah. it didn't love it. Yeah, really. it's it's just and it's also just kind of it is there is an aspect where it's just kind of fascinating because it is Steven Spielberg. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking about this earlier today, and pardon me, I can't type quite like you, but I just want to bring up this his filmography because uh, Spielberg. We talked about him a bit in our uh, uh, Lost podcast from a few weeks ago. We did. And we don't have to. Yeah. We don't have to rehash the whole conversation, but I do want to look at his uh, filmography. Where are you? I'm looking at it. Yeah, you're so much better at the internet than I am. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> well, I guess that does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just going backwards, like, what's the last, like, crowd-pleasing uh, movie that he directed? Right. Yeah, yeah. I so guess this was the question. You could argue that Bridge, or not Bridge, uh, the BFG was supposed to be something like that, and it was, like, a total bomb. Tintin was supposed to be that, but wasn't. Uh, also, I think you have to go back also to, bomb. like... Catch me if you can. Minority uh, maybe Report? like War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds in yeah. 05. I didn't see it, but yeah, that's why I wasn't. But yeah, so that's thirteen years ago. Yeah, it's been um, a while. And that was pretty good, actually. It had a terrible ending, but it was a pretty entertaining film. Um, I feel like he's one of those directors where 
you know, he's done a lot of great stuff, but he's also done a fair bit of not great stuff. But we just kind of forget about that because he's like Steven sure. Spielberg. Sure. You know, it's kind of like uh, certain directors just get to a level where it's like we pretend that they're all that they all have these perfect resumes, and very few directors have like resumes without huge, huge like um, failures in them. Yeah, right. it's like that Stanley Cooper quote: "Any director who's never made a bad movie is either a genius or a coward." Yeah, and I completely agree with that. Actually, like that, it, you have to make to make the best films. You have to take risks, and sometimes sure. risks don't pay off. And sure. I think that um, there there was a really cool article, and I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to find it now. So this is like not that useful. But um, <laughs> there was this great article of, like a year or two ago um, about like what was the most impressive span of films in one director's like filmography. Like who had the most like considered to be classics in a row. Yeah, consecutive, um, sure. Yeah, consecutive, yeah. And there were, you know, and it was a world thing, so there were also, you know, I think I think Kurosawa was, like, really high up on the list. But, like... Sure, yeah. Um, but there are directors, and, and I think Kubrick probably, that just had, like... Like, if you just look at all the, like, top directors of the last, like, 50 years, 60 years, or even longer, what uh-huh. uh, going all the way back, like, how, who's had the most in a row? It was really interesting. I think you could probably find it if you just Google appropriately. But um, it... it uh, it, it, it's impressive like there's a lot of near misses like some people some directors had like could have had really long streaks except maybe they have one just clunker right in the middle sure or something like sure that. yeah, yeah so. Spielberg probably his best run is like from the you know probably Jaws well even then because 1941 was in there yeah somewhere. he he doesn't yeah. have a great run ever yeah. Like, he had Jaws and Close Encounters, but then 1941 gets in the way of Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., and then Twilight Zone. I mean, you know. But he just, Jones I mean, Doom, like, I don't know if you can get Twilight Zone against him. That was. People don't. Uh, yeah. He doesn't, he he didn't, he took a lot of risks, I guess you could say. I mean, I maybe like, like, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade through, like, Schindler's List was a pretty good run, or like. Um, yeah, depending on how you what, feel about five years. Lost World, or <laughs> well, yeah, he also made a lot of movies at certain points, yeah. and then and even then, like Hook, really isn't that good. I like Hook. I haven't seen Hook since I was a kid, so I liked Hook. It really doesn't hold up. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe you do Raiders of the Lost Ark through. Well, but then Twilight Zone comes in. Yeah, it's really not. He doesn't have like a long, long runs of like just boom, boom, boom. I didn't really. realize Jurassic Park and Schindler's List came out the same year. That's pretty crazy. That is wild. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine like that's a context switch, huh? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, show up to work. Kind it's of funny because, like, I feel like Jurassic Park is really the last time he made a movie that I remember. In terms of those, like, kind of popcorn blockbusters, that was the last one that everyone was just like, oh, my God, this is so great. And, Saving Private Ryan, I guess that's not a popcorn, but Saving Private Ryan was universally loved, right? Like, Yeah, but that's not, yeah, that's not, like, a, again. No, you're right. Really Jurassic like Park is the movie. last one like that. I mean, I, I like Catch Me If You Can, but it really wasn't, like, a big hit. No, um, it was, yeah. Uh, and then yeah like War of the Worlds Minority Report that yeah. stuff like people like them but it always like it was kind of like yeah it's pretty good Munich like Lincoln I mean people loved Lincoln again more of a prestige yeah, picture yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. people did love Lincoln I didn't see it I didn't oh, see that great. I didn't see BFG I oh you should totally Bridges see Lincoln it's, re- it's really good yeah, it's surprisingly good like like I was I was surprised at how much I, I do like history and, and that era but like man I would say the best thing that uh, Steven Spielberg ever did and I am not being facetious uh-huh. Uh, was Animaniacs. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and Freakazoid. God damn. I um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I was never really into You're not an that Animaniacs so much guy? when I was a kid. I thought it was funny, but I, ne- I didn't think it was, like, amazing. That is legitimately shocking to me. 
My like, favorite thing that he ever did be... was Last Crusade. I, I would have thought movie. you would have been an Animaniacs kid for sure. No, I mean, it's fine. No, I'm just surprised. I thought you were better than that. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> did you yeah, like DuckTales? So... Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm, yeah, okay, DuckTales well, I'm not completely up. I was like yeah. questioning our whole friendship. So... Um, in a what's slightly the, more basketball-related question, what's the fun thing you have to talk about? I asked you that. Yeah, I asked you this offline, and you you said no. So I'm just gonna ask you again for the record. Did you watch or have you listened to the? Uh, I guess it's the volume five of the ongoing Kevin Durant, Bill Simmons podcast. No, I didn't. Tell and me you, about you it. You really, really should. Uh, I, I Kevin Durant. I came. I came out of this thinking to myself, man, I don't like the Warriors, but God damn, I like Kevin Durant. Like, wow, he's just so. He just does not give an f, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. he's just he's just on there, and this time they mic'd up his business partner, Rich Kleiman, and uh, and man, they just don't care. Like he's just going after it. He just he, he's talking about all the dumb media people, and he's like, actually, my favorite thing that he said was he was like he was like everyone's always talking on the on the on the TV and all these talking heads and everybody all these he calls them blog boys, which I guess uh-huh. were blog boys. All the yeah, yeah. all the all the blog boys talking about like oh. This person's soft, or this person's weak, or man, Kevin Durant, he's so uh, sensitive, or is he because he have mental problems or whatever? He's like, guys, I get paid a crazy amount of money to play basketball for a living. It's like, why the f would I care about anything? Like, I am living my absolute best life. My don't life you think is he's awesome. a little full of crap though? Because he obviously does care what people thinks of him. He wouldn't be like anonymously responding to trolls on Twitter if he yeah, didn't. Care. I think he cared, but. At least at the moment, and who knows how long that moment is or how long it lasts, that mm-hmm. man does not care. <laughs> like, I think he had a realization pretty recently, and he kind of gets into that a little bit, uh-huh. where he was just like, yeah, none of this matters. Like, he's, he doesn't even care. He's like, I don't even care anymore about, like, he's like, I used to care about, like, like I used to care about my basketball one and my brand two. And he's like, now I only care about basketball. He's like, I just don't care anymore. It's like I realize none of it matters. It's all dumb, and my life's awesome. And who cares? I you're not buying it necessarily. I don't. Yeah, I don't buy it. You gotta listen um, to it. But listen to it and see how you feel. I don't know if I can. I just really can't stand Kevin Durant. I really what? like. Oh, I just so find him to be so annoying. One. Maybe I I'll really, listen. To it. If yeah, you, listen if, to it because I really want to know. Because I'm like curious. Because I just found it, I found myself being like I. He he. You know I could I, I could see you not liking it in the sense of like he definitely is polarizing. So like. If you don't, if you don't like him, I think maybe you won't like him in this. But I was just like, this is so awesome. Like, I really liked it, and I'm not a. I mean, I do have love for KD from the Sonics days, but that was one year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not like, like I don't. I'm not a KD guy. I wouldn't say. You know? No, um, sure. But I really enjoyed the podcast. So I don't know. It was. I thought it was really good. I thought he called out Simmons on some stuff where I feel like Simmons needs to be called out on uh-huh. a couple things. I really enjoyed like constantly comparing players to each other, constantly like talking about the old school days when the old school days didn't really exist. Like, like he's getting on, like Simmons is getting on KD for doing that an Uber commercial with LeBron. Uh huh. He's like, I didn't like that. I texted you. I don't think you, you guys shouldn't be friends. Your competitor, your your you know competition. And Simmons, yeah. and he's like, in the old days it wasn't like that. And Simmons is, and KD's like, dude, Magic and Larry made a commercial in the eighties. What are you talking about? Like, it has always been like this. Like, and he's like, don't you know that if I'm friends with this person, I actually am more intense when I play them than if I don't know them? Like, yeah, that's fair. You know, like I, now it's like, man, I'm going to, I want to beat LeBron's ass so I can text him after the game and be like, I beat your ass. Right. You're swearing like, a lot today, Arik. You those ass not a swear. Okay? 
Just be careful. I mean, you're in the territory where I feel like you you're going to drop like an F-bomb. You feel like I'm going to drop an F-bomb? Yeah. I'm, tr- um, I'm being pretty careful. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, the only other thing I would say about this is I feel like a lot of... I, having not listened to it, it sounds yeah. like, once again, they're dismissing the uh, takes of people that don't like Kevin Durant using, like, false narratives. Like, it's... My issues with Kevin Durant don't have anything to do with him being soft or any sort of perceived mental instability. It's that he just made a super easy choice that was his right to make, but it made basketball less compelling. Oh, yeah, and he's not even trying to talk about that. Like, he doesn't care about that. Like, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about – he's not even talking about himself, mostly. He's just saying, like, uh, he doesn't like – listen, I'm I'm paraphrasing someone else, so you just got to, like, listen to the podcast, but he doesn't like – he thinks analytics has gotten to the point now where people pay more attention to the numbers than they do to watching basketball. A lot mm-hmm. of players think that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do think that it uh, you that not all people talking about basketball on TV or in blogs or whatever are watching basketball. Like a lot of people are just being paid to yell and or yeah. or or just like looking at trying to come up with hot takes and dumb nonsense. And I think that's true. So, uh, you know, I feel similarly to him about, like, some of those TV talking heads that I just don't enjoy them. And I feel similarly that, that, like, you know, they specifically call out on the podcast how much they like Zach Lowe, right? Like, Sure. Because Lowe does his – because he does his homework. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like Howard Beck, Zach Lowe, like, there are people who do a lot of homework before they say something. Yeah. And they Zach Lowe doesn't like – uh, uh, obviously <laughs> – <laughs> Zach Lowe doesn't uh, uh, just, like, dump on people, like, uh, you know, like a lot of these people with their their fake outrage. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like the Stephen A. Smith uh, generation. It's the people who, mm-hmm. like, I, don't, I respect Stephen A. I'm not a huge fan, but I respect him. But the people who came after him, it's like it always happens this way, that someone finds a, someone who really understands what they're doing finds a success point, and then a bunch of people just do the success thing. It's like, uh, to get really, really nerdy with this, it's like um, uh, Ornette Coleman and the originators of free jazz come up with a new style of music that is that has a, a basis to it, but then a lot of people who don't actually know how to play jazz suddenly find a way they can get in, right? Sure. It's it's Or like, you know, grunge typography in the 90s or whatever. Like, you can suddenly make... Uh, all you have to do to be compelling on TV is come up with the most ridiculous thing and yell a lot, right? Uh-huh. That's not really what Stephen A. Smith is about, but uh-huh. that's kind of like the parody of him is where things have kind of gone in some ways, you know? I see what you're saying, and I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was interesting. And, I don't know. You don't have to yeah. listen to it. I just enjoyed it, and I was, I was like, very trepidatious about listening to it. I, was, I didn't really want to listen to it. I was like, I don't uh-huh. know. Like, I've got enough KD and Warriors talk in my life. I don't really need more. But I, I put it on mainly because I was out of things to listen to, because now I've got a long commute, so I run out of things pretty quickly. Oh, and, poor uh, Eric. Yeah. It, that commute does really suck. Um, but well, uh, speaking of Kevin Durant. Yeah. Oh, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, you want to just move that up to the top? Yeah. yeah. While we're here? Since we're here anyway. Um, yeah. Kevin Durant, who prior to this year was ejected for, had only been ejected once from a in game. In 10 years. In 10 years. Yeah. Uh, got ejected for the fifth time in his first game back from and his like rib six injury. Minutes, six minutes back or something like that? Uh, it was right before the start of the second half, but they, he might have been on a minute restriction. Um, but man, so he got fouled didn't get called he got really upset he said yo to the ref uh trey maddox yo you didn't see that f wording foul 
And then the Warriors lost the possession, and Durant went right up to Maddox and yelled, Call the F-wording foul, you bitch-ass mother F-word-er. Um, <laughs> I like the bitch-ass apparently is fine. I guess so. Like, I just didn't know I how to summate it. Who knows? <laughs> I didn't know, but, I didn't know how to, like, yeah. Apologies yeah, to yeah. any of our, our uh, uh, more, you know, uh, pr- uh, prudish listeners, but... I'm not the one who said it. I'm quoting someone. Um, yeah, like for a guy that really doesn't care, I mean, I know this is basketball. This isn't his brand or how he's perceived. Uh, it still, still seems a little unhinged. It's like that's such a common part of basketball, you know? Like I work in service, and I always have told people that work for me, like, hey, look, you are going to deal with jerks every day. So... If you get caught up every time you have to deal with a jerk, you're going to spend a lot of your time while you're working being upset at something that's inevitable. You just kind of have to, like, it's just part of the job, you know. Jerks are part of the job, and you just got to find a way to mitigate it that uh, that works. And, you know, I would say if you're a basketball player, um, isn't it kind of similar? Like, refs aren't perfect. They're not infallible. They miss things. Like, to to get that histrionic over a missed call seems just, like, a little unhinged and uh, short, uh, short-tempered. short I don't know. I mean, I just think it's it's not a great look for this for this guy that supposedly has it figured out and now has a <laughs> oh, no, he sense of his I'm own. Not saying, I'm not saying he has it figured out. He also commented on this story and was like, yeah, man, I'm pretty fired up right now and it's probably too much, but I... You know, yeah, he's out. saying it's because he's so passionate about winning another title. I just don't yeah. buy it. <laughs> I don't. Well, you don't have to. I know I don't. Yeah, yeah. And I know he wouldn't care one iota what I thought, which is fine. <laughs> he Honestly, he shouldn't care what you think. Of course. Of yeah. course not. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, you know, obviously, the the more interesting question to me than, than you know, trying to analyze his mental state is uh, is saying, like, this this is detriment is this detrimental to his team's chances right yeah like and it it, it certainly well they like, lost that game well and he's one tech away from suspension so um you know but then again i mean draymond was kind of the engine that fueled this in previous years and he seems to have mellowed out a little bit so mm-hmm. do you need someone that level you know what i mean like to get you get your team fired up i guess the proof will be in the pudding as the saying goes but it does seem to me that uh, you know, getting these technical fouls is a, is a risky business in in the today to, in today's NBA because uh, you know you can't be like Rasheed Wallace anymore and just rack him. I mean, he he peaked at like fifty one here, right? And yeah, you just can't you can't do that anymore um, yeah. because of the rules. So I think that uh, y- you know to some degree you kind of have to learn how to do something that seems very hard to me, which is to say control your emotions when you're at your most. Um, intense uh, place, right? Like that seems hard. Like I would say, this was seems, seems like one of those things where it's like, uh, I don't know that I would be any better at doing it than anyone else. Some people are just, you know, like a Clay hmm. Thompson type is just preternaturally disposed to not really caring. I can't and, imagine you uh, in a professional setting uh, getting upset and using that type of language. No, I w- I can't either. No, I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm just saying that uh, if, um. There are lines that you can 
the lines that you have to cross in order to get a technical are not the lines that I think, like, where I, I don't have a justification for it. Like, what he said was not great, but it wasn't, like, you know what I mean? To my mind, it wasn't, like, offensive. It was just, like, not nice and not great and whatever. Sure, so, sure. So I'm just saying, like, uh, I think it, we want these people to be really intense and really emotional about what they're doing, and then at the same time, there's, like, a line that is kind of loosely defined, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't really have, like, a my, strong take. My on only my only point, and I'll just make it one more time, is that I just think that uh, an incident like that is uh, incongruous with his claims that he somehow has this sort of balance and uh, 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 that he, he's got it figured out and he knows where he's at and he's just, you know, just loving his life. That's <laughs> doesn't sound like a guy that's loving his life. Well, but, unless he loves doing that. I guess so, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to all tell right. you. I, well, let's move on. I don't yeah, like Kevin Durant well, at all, fine. and uh, I know you've got uh, uh, perhaps a slightly more complicated relationship with, with the man. But I do. Uh, I do. sounds like it's a pretty interesting podcast. I might check it out. And maybe yes. our listeners should check it out as well. Most of our listeners um, probably either have or won't. Yeah, most of our listeners have finished it, and they don't have anything else to listen to, and that's that's why they're listening to us. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go through some of this morbid stuff. Uh, oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's all bad. Yeah, really, really uh, sad incident uh, uh, in the G League. Uh, 26-year-old guy, uh, Zeke Upshaw, uh, playing with the uh, uh, Grand Rapids Drive. Uh, collapsed during a game. Uh, what like like two weeks ago now, and uh, uh, passed like that, yeah. passed away a, a, a few days uh, later. It was a, a cardiac, uh, sudden cardiac death, is what they called it. Uh, so I do you do wonder about this? Like, I mean, obviously, some percentage of people have cardiac abnormalities. Yeah, and don't push themselves to the point where they die. Yeah, in this fashion. But yeah. if you're going once you're in a professional basketball league, especially a professional basketball league that's owned by the richest professional basketball league in the world, mm-hmm. uh, do they not do any tests? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you think like a guy like Jeff Green who had the aortic aneurysm. They they didn't catch that uh, for a couple of years. You know. Yeah. Um, like, why don't we do? I mean, maybe it's maybe you know I don't know the tech side of this, so maybe it's yeah. like not possible to determine this stuff in advance. But it just seems like if you're like we really should be like making sure that people who are playing basketball for a living can aren't yeah have, to have bodies that can sustain that level yeah. of physical uh, strain because clearly some people cannot and this is not the first time this has happened this has happened many many times yeah it's just like a really it's funny because we well not funny but uh, it's uh, 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 the timing is interesting because we were just talking about Chris Bosch yeah and uh, the stuff that he's going through and and. You know, this is this is this is the consequence of of not uh, you know of not catching this stuff and and what can happen. And it's just it's just so so sad. You know what a what a horrible uh, a waste. You know and uh, yeah yeah yeah. Our hearts go out. Our, they really do. You know yeah. and uh, it's awful. Uh, it's it's a sobering reminder that uh, 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 yeah again the, the the human the human side of this and and the. You know, the consequence, you know, I think uh, for a lot of people with the Chris Bosch thing, um, they were thinking, well, he should just find a way to play. And it's like, well, we, we really don't want to see this happen to anybody. Um, so, No, uh, I think Chris Bosch should yeah. find a way to be okay with not playing. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my personal opinion. 
Yeah, not not a whole lot to say about it, and uh, a lot of stories to hit on this week. But just once again, our, our uh, heartfelt uh, condolences to, yep. to the man's family and yep. uh, uh, just, teammates yeah. and everyone involved. Just uh, just a huge, huge uh, uh, tragedy. Just really, yep. really, really sad. Um, moving on, uh, another kind of uh, story that is <laughs> bummer. Uh, you know, if you guys just want to turn off this podcast now, <laughs> it's, it's not going up. <laughs> uh, Greg Popovich. We love said, Greg Popovich. We love Pop. Uh, Donald Trump brings out the dark side of human beings. Um, Tuesday, Spurs played Washington. They won. They had a great game. Pop talked to the press for 11 minutes, which for him was a, a really long interview. <laughs> and uh, it was just on the, the heels of the March for Our Lives uh, protest uh, from last weekend, which were really uh, really great to see. So many young people rallying around a good cause. Um, said, uh, we try to do things outside of basketball and just expose players to real life because this is just entertainment. I think it's important for them to be exposed to what's going on in a variety of different ways. That's why we take trips like that or have people come in and speak to us, stuff like that. Uh, it's become a priority of what's more important. I think we have a situation where we're going backwards, at least as far as race is concerned, and it has to be pointed out. Our current president hopes to bore us to death with all these new issues day after day that keeps him in the news. You can talk about one comment or scandal after another and it becomes commonplace, forgotten about, and we don't even know what's going on behind the scenes, like what's happening to our environment and health and all this sort of thing. All the laws that are kind of sliding and all the people who are being removed and being replaced, like scientists being replaced by politicians. We take our eye off the ball and he's great at it. He brings out the dark side of human beings for his own purpose, which is himself. And if it's not pointed out and people don't stand up to it and point it out, it will become commonplace and that's not the world I want to live in. Um, sorry to read the whole quote, but, you know, Pop is just so articulate. Uh, yeah, I agree with him, and I couldn't have said it any better. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is, uh, It is. you know, uh, uh, we're now like a year and a half into uh, this administration, and uh, it's, uh, it's not something that I've really gotten used to, um, and it is kind of, you know, it's a uh, uh, new thresholds of of uh uh horror and and displeasure uh are, are something that i find myself being confronted with you know almost on a daily basis and certainly on a weekly basis and uh yeah i couldn't have said better than pop either um he remains you know just one of the uh uh you know a figure outside of the world of politics that uh is really really thoughtful and, and has a lot to say and and we're really lucky that we have him and uh hopefully uh because he is a basketball coach um, and uh, people from all over the polit- political spectrum uh, uh, watch basketball, hopefully his uh, message does get through, you know, and he's not just preaching to the converted. Yeah, I think we're really lucky that uh, that a guy who has built that the level of credibility he has has been as successful as he has and, and has been as um, uninterested in media spotlight as he has. Mm-hmm. Um, is the he's kind of the perfect person to be this uh, spokesperson. I agree, um, yeah. And uh, and so um, yeah, I just am so happy that he continues to to just say whatever the hell he wants. So um, you and that 
that foul mouth of yours, man. Yeah, if it makes it any better, I put a somewhat happier story at the end of our list so we could end it. Oh, least on sweet. A semi up. Oh, no, well, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's happy. I wonder what you're going to think. Uh, we'll see. We'll see because yeah. I have not looked at it yet. And I'll yeah. wait. I want to be surprised. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it is some dark times. Uh, we here at the rules are uh, definitely a little left leaning. Certainly, to the degree that we're not uh, big fans of uh, stuff that's happening down those clowns down in DC, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, thank God for people like Pop. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Oh, oh God! It just I, keeps getting <laughs> worse. I say it's Thomas finally is getting the uh, hip surgery that he, we now realize he probably should have gotten a year ago. Wait, so is this, but didn't he already have hip surgery? No, so he opted not to get surgery because he didn't want to miss time, and he was worried that surgery would uh, limit uh, uh, how much he could recover. You so, know, wait, he, so the whole time he was just recovering based on rest? And, and rehab. No, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying I thought he eventually did have the surgery. Wow. No, no, no. He didn't want to do anything that was too invasive. Yeah. Well, I and certainly now... hope that this fixes the problem. But man, I do too. the timing is just awful for him. It, it's really bad. Uh, uh, hopefully, he can get a one-year contract somewhere next year where he can kind of... Holy well, Lakers are he's okay. Yeah, yeah, no, but if, if, if he's... They're interested in him as like a worst-case scenario... Like, if Paul George and LeBron James or any other marquee free agent doesn't come to L.A., they're like, yeah, we'll probably sign him to a one-year contract. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, for him is kind of like a best-case scenario right now because uh, he he needs to get out there and kind of show that he still has some value because uh, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to be 29 next year, 30 next year. Um, so he doesn't have much of a window left to get paid. Uh, he's been underpaid his whole career. Um, he's had a really bad year. And, uh, yeah, he's he's in kind of like a scary spot in his career. And it breaks my heart to see because uh, I love Isaiah Thomas. Um, he went through a ton, and he kind of got a raw deal. I mean, it's a business, and I don't, you know, as a Celtics fan, maybe I'm being a little bit of an apologist, but uh, it is a business, and, and the Celtics made the best uh, choice for their team, but uh, Isaiah definitely got the, the short end of that. Um, yeah, we now, would feel completely different about all of this if he if this had happened after he signed the big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just it just sucks. So the it whole does. thing sucks, and we're sad, and uh, we hope that there is a second act coming. I guess in his case, it'd be like the fourth act because he's had several acts. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's had a few acts. Yeah, we're we're hoping that he can uh, have a, a resurgence. Uh, next next season. Agreed. I forgot we do have one funny story this week. Okay. Uh, it's this next one. So, Arik, you might remember while you were kind of <laughs> fading at the end of our last podcast because you yeah. weren't feeling well, uh, we were talking quite a bit about Fortnite, yeah. which is uh, basically uh, the... Almost the same game as Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, uh, which Ben Simmons was playing uh, late night last week, and he wanted to get Carl Anthony Towns to play, play with him. And Towns said, I can't, I've got a game. And Simmons says, well, who are you playing? And uh, Kat said, well, we're playing the Hawks. 
And uh, Simmons just laughs and goes, you've got plenty of time. <laughs> so, uh, Wait, so Fortnite thinking, is not the same as PUBG, right? No, no. So okay. uh, Fortnite was a different game. Uh, uh, PUBG was extremely successful. Fortnite was failing. And they basically just added a mode in Fortnite that was PUBG. Gotcha. Um, so they're extremely similar, but they're two different games from two different studios. Gotcha. Um, the funniest thing about this story is that Carl uh, Anthony Towns, uh, the next day, set the franchise record for points in a game for the Minnesota Timber- Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. That's pretty hilarious. That's um, wonderful. The, the, I mean, yeah. the Hawks are terrible. Uh, yeah, they're bad. And they're just, they're also not trying to win right now, you know. It's not no. like, yeah. I'm shocked not, that KG never had more than that. That's, yeah. 56 um, is a lot of points. It was Mo Williams had the record. Tied with, pretty, uh, tied with, uh, uh, oh yeah, okay, one more than Kevin Love and Corey Brewer. Yeah. Crazy. Well, Cat is dang good. There you He's go. very there's, good. There's some non-foul language from me. I really appreciate it. Um, a little... A little light story for everybody. <laughs> uh, we have so many of these. Let's just keep going. Um, on another kind of brighter note, uh, Marco Fultz is back, and it looks like he can kind of play basketball. Yeah, looks like he really was just injured. Yeah. Uh, he's back now, and even when he's not uh, shooting particularly great, um, he's doing a lot of things on the court. His assist numbers have been pretty actually kind of jaw-dropping. IO yeah, very impressive. Very uh, impressive. And I'm really happy about it because number one, the Sixers are a really fun team, and yeah. number two, uh, it was just a really awful, weird story. So yeah, this isn't all bad, people. This is good news. We <laughs> support you in your attempt to return to relevance, Mark Helfeld. Yeah. Now, do you think if they weren't, you know, they're looking at possibly getting home court um, in the playoffs? Uh, uh, which might be a little difficult now, uh, given uh, another situation that we'll talk about shortly. But uh, uh, do you think if this had been kind of more like a typical Sixer season that we've seen in the last few years, they would have just kept him shut down? Is this because they want to make a push in the playoffs or trying to get this guy back? No, I don't actually think so. Um, you think they he, would have brought him back either way? Yeah, I think they, they're just, uh, you know, there's different kinds of injuries. And I, I think there's some that you just, I don't think they rushed him back quickly or early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been gone basically the entire season. Um, I think they wanted to, I think, you know, once you're ready, you're ready. And, and it, it seemed to me that this wasn't the kind of thing where there was any danger of him doing any damage by playing. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I just think it's a case by case basis. I think when it, when it's feet injuries and leg injuries and knee injuries, just a different world yeah. than, than what was going on with him. You know, I mean, obviously something was really, really wrong. And it apparently was quite difficult to figure out what, and then they did, and now he seems to be better. So, yeah, I uh, it, it makes me just so happy to see because uh, this poor kid was really so Man, scrutinized over the course of this whole ordeal. Yeah, grief. people uh, uh, just reading way too much into every little thing. And, and granted, you know the, the the whole thing with his shot was a little odd, uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, people read way too much into it uh, uh, and, and cast way too much of a spotlight and just kind of didn't let the kid just work it out. And now he's yeah. now he's back and it looks like he's playing well and hopefully uh, that yeah. will kind of And put... he may never be, you know, I mean, I don't. I think he, at least so far, does not have the same um, 
apparent value as a lot of number one picks have had, but he looks like he definitely belongs on a basketball on a professional basketball court. And that's a that's a start. And we won't really know. I think we won't really know until next year. Which is yeah, you know yeah. like I mean, every Sixers rookie. We, it's not fair. We won't yeah, it's not year. fair to measure him up yet. You know, obviously we have some real, real studs in this rookie class. We sure uh, do. His, his teammate, yeah. um, Donovan Mitchell, you know, and all those guys. And yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see, you know. Chance. We'll see. Yeah. Um, it, um, but, yeah, welcome welcome back to the league, Markel. Yeah, we're happy to have you. All right, you ready Taking to go? Turn uh, to the negative. You ready to go dark again? Yeah, I'm ready. Ugh, Dennis Schroeder uh, could face felony battery charges for... Uh, Stemming from an incident uh, like a fight at a hookah bar in Atlanta uh, back in September. Man, he somehow, uh, he's, allegedly, the victim suffered a torn meniscus and a torn ACL. Yeah, I mean, well, Dennis Schroeder is, is a pretty gnarly dude. I mean, he's really big and really strong. <sighs> yeah, he's you a know, regular it, person. It makes me really sad because I really wanted, I really want to like Dennis Schroeder. Like, mm-hmm. he's, I, I saw some, like, you know, kind of fluffy stuff with him when he was a rookie, and I, I, I kind of liked the dude. I thought his story was pretty compelling. Mm-hmm. I, um, I have obviously a, a, an interest in uh, German basketball players now. Sure, yeah. My uh, German fiance, and uh, and and I just wanted him to be good. And the uh-huh. fact that he's just—I mean, he's a perfectly fine basketball player, but the fact that he's apparently a pretty loathsome human being just really makes me sad. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's really... this is not the first story with him. I mean, this is not even yeah. the fifth story with him. Like, yeah, he yeah. seems to have uh, uh, anger issues, and uh, he seems uh, more than happy to kind of result resort to uh, a physical physical violence uh, to resolve uh, disagreements and things like that. And that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty nasty. Um, That's not something that we like to see in uh, our professional athletes. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is a wake up call. Um, This is, this is pretty, pretty bad. Um, The story is now uh, a few days old, so I don't know what the league is going to do, uh, but you can imagine the consequences. Some kind of suspension or something. Adam Silver does not want uh, a, this kind of uh, association with the league. I mean, nope. this is like kind of a thing like 20 years ago that uh, the league had had worked really, really hard to clear up uh, yeah. uh, this. Uh, what was at the time an unfair perception? But uh, this is this is yeah. yeah, this is NFL stuff. We don't need this in the NBA. <laughs> the society doesn't need this anywhere, but that's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> society does so. not need this anywhere. Yeah. Um, I added another story to the list. Wow, dude. Okay, I guess we better keep going. Yeah, um, yeah just, just just push through. Yeah, so this one is kind of a mixed bag. This is a sad story because it uh, recalls a real, real uh, tragic, tragic uh, incident. But uh, at the same time, it's good to see a community uh, being pragmatic. But uh, uh, so uh, uh, for those who don't know, um, uh, which... I would assume is no one, but uh, uh, Stefan Clark uh, uh, was uh, shot by uh, Sacramento police officers. Uh, this is almost a month ago now, I think. But um, he was uh, just holding a cell phone uh, in, in his, his grandmother's, grandmother's yard. Backyard. Yeah, and he was shot. Uh, uh, the initial report was twenty times, and I think it turned out it was like eight, ten, eight times. Eight, sorry, mostly in his back. Yeah, yeah, just just 
just a dude at his grandma's house holding a phone uh, uh, because of reports of uh, uh, burglary or something like that. And uh, it's, yeah, just, uh, just, you know, uh, just, it is just unbelievable that this kind of stuff is still happening in our country. It is just uh, uh, infuriating. Um, you know, um, we, we don't have any, uh, uh, yeah, you, you, you feel like as, as a, a private citizen, you know, you think it, it completely, completely undermines your, your trust in law enforcement. Um, and, you know, we're both, uh, uh, not, uh, 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 black men. So we don't have the same degree of, of fear that a lot of people must be feeling, um, right now, but it still is just horrifying and it's still, the lack of accountability, uh, makes it, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's insane. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like America, but it is. Um, but, um, it just, Sacramento, if you sorry, have a, sorry, if you have a armed police force who face really no repercussions for shooting someone before trying literally anything else, um, you know, like it just it, the the tolerance of these things where virtually no one ever gets held accountable at all yeah um is i mean listen i understand that it's a difficult job to be a police officer and they put their mm-hmm. lives on the lines every day and we appreciate that but that doesn't give them no one has the right to just start shooting people right? yeah and, and if and, there's this this has been going on for so long, and there's again there's there doesn't really seem to be a change in uh, no nothing's procedure changed. nothing and there's no accountability um, you know whether whether it's malicious or a genuine mistake and uh, it's hard it's hard to call this a genuine mistake uh, there has to be consequences you know even if it was a genuine mistake there has to be consequences it's just that's the way it is if you accidentally shot someone. And this wasn't accidental, right? Yeah, it would be manslaughter. <laughs> exactly. Like this, yeah. it, it just isn't. It just the fact that you have a, a uniform and a badge doesn't change anything. Like and the you, whole argument that you don't want cops to be afraid to do their jobs is complete nonsense. Yeah, it's I just agree. absolute total total nonsense. Um, I completely agree. So, yeah. Anyway, to fold this into the basketball world, uh, people have been uh, protesting in Sacramento and uh, in what is actually, I think, uh, a pretty pretty smart uh protest they are locking arms around the entrances to the uh the golden one center where the sacramento kings play which is in um, downtown which is is a very nice a good place to be for this i think yeah and it also draws a, a national attention to it because yeah in a way that other, people, nothing else would because no one yeah. cares about sacramento because it's uh it is uh impacting uh these games um and it's uh, uh kind of forcing the conversation into the national spotlight, which it has been to to a certain degree, but I think uh, I think it's really uh, cool. Yeah, uh, agreed. And the uh, the owner uh, uh, said some words uh, the first time it happened. And very were, impressive, I have to. Very say. thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. Very, I'm not a uh, big I'm not a big Vivek Ranadive fan, but he he did a great job. This is that's a sports issue. As a thing yeah. outside of sports, this was I was very impressed. Yeah. As an owner, he hasn't really done a lot good for the team, but no. as a as a human being um and a, and a person with a, a 
a lot of resources yeah. and uh, and a, a a voice. Yeah, he he said the absolute right thing. He really did. It was it was pretty great. So yeah, um, the whole thing again is just like horrifying and just so so sad. Um, so I uh, I do applaud uh, these uh, these people in in Sacramento who are uh, finding a way to to make their voice heard and uh uh yeah i think it's i think it's great and uh uh agree you know there's still some part of me that uh hopes that this will uh will actually uh uh <laughs> hopefully have some impact um which feels you know obviously like a long shot because uh this is almost feels commonplace which is horrifying um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, all you uh, all you residents in Sacramento, uh, uh, good for you. And Keep we doing what you're the doing. Rules. We have the rules. We stand behind you. Yeah, um, hundred percent. We do. hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, more uh, sad <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, Joel Embiid. Oh, Joel uh, Embiid. Who's just been uh, phenomenal. So so great this year yeah just um, wonderful just wonderful um uh was uh ran into uh, or sorry was run into by uh the recently returned Markle Fultz and uh has a, a broken orbital bone which is like the uh what's that's like kind of like the eye socket basically that general area yeah um and he needs surgery he's saying that he Hopes to not miss too much of the playoffs, but it's pretty nasty. Um, so we'll see. But uh, you know, the Sixers, the Sixers were playing for a, a home field advantage, uh, home court advantage, I guess I should say. Um, they uh, they're having a heck of a year. They're definitely ahead of schedule now that the the process is now in let's try to win games mode. Um, you know, Simmons and Embiid are two of the best players in the NBA, not just two of the best young players, they're just two of the best players in the NBA and they've been a lot of fun and uh, this just stinks and it's, uh, uh, yeah it's just another one of those just random fluky moments Um, you know I I have a friend from Philadelphia who's a huge fan and he is a uh, eternal optimist, like he thought they were going to make the playoffs last year (laughs) And, uh, you know, as far as he's concerned, they could win a title this year. And that's obviously maybe a little a little unrealistic, but this is a team that uh, looked like... Uh, uh, I, I thought they were going to maybe make the second round. Um, hopefully they still can. Hopefully Embiid will be okay. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to see this happen. It's funny, with him, you, you would have thought it would have been something else, you know. The guys obviously... Uh, had a lot of uh, uh, physical issues uh, early in his career to, that he had to overcome, and you would have thought it would have been a knee thing or a leg thing, and then you know, a random guy on his team runs into his face and he's he's out for a month, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, we just just please come back soon, Joel Embiid, healthy. Yeah, yeah. Please, please, please. please. All right, so now uh, we've got two happy-ish you, stories. One, you took up some happy stories. Well, I, one's not like happy necessarily, but it's not sad. So the uh, Hall of Fame was announced. Yeah. Uh, and it is uh, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Grant Hill, Ray Allen, Maurice Cheeks, 
Tina Thompson, uh, a coach, uh, a, a shooting guard from the 70s, um, <laughs> the executive from the Warriors, Rick Welts, Rod Thorne, who drafted Jordan, I think, uh, Dino Radia, who was on the Celtics back in the day, yeah, yeah. Um, Katie Smith, and Ora Mae Washington, who um, Arthur Ashe once said might have been the greatest women, female athlete of all time. Um, so what I actually wanted to talk about was not this, but was that Chris Webber was not chosen. Yeah. Do you Again. Think, do you think that Chris Webber belongs in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually listening to uh, an episode of the Starters earlier today, and they were talking mm-hmm. about his uh, stats. You know, and he's, you know, he was like twenty and nine for his career. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a bunch of teams made the playoffs with him, and then didn't make it without him. Yep. He transformed Sacramento. Yeah, um, yeah, super I, I think, super influential as a uh, a college player as well. Yeah, I certainly think if Grant Hill is an is an is a Hall of Famer, so is Chris Webber. Yeah, why um, do you think? Because this is like the third year of eligibility for him, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, other than, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because I mean, I, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, you did probably Ray Allen as well. They just have to be in there. Yeah, there's no, 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 no debate. Yeah, yeah, right. But Grant Hill. Uh, slightly surprising. Played for 19 years, injured a lot. Yeah. Seven-time All-Star, won two titles in college. It is obviously the it is the basketball Pro- Hall of Fame, not the pro basketball Hall. Probably of helped. Fame. Probably helped put him over as the college career. I think so was, too. But yeah. Weber had an iconic college career. Yeah. I, I, I don't well, know. But I, also won. Also yeah, won mired in controversy. Yes, and and involved with it, losing and also money and various. Things. I mean, it could be the money. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. Um, given the rest of his resume, that that isn't part of the reason why they've left him off. Because yeah, I mean, what else? You know, what else does a guy have to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's certainly people far uh, less obviously deserving that are in the hall than Chris Webber. So I, yeah. I'm. I, I don't want to talk about it at length because we're kind of wrapping this up now. But um, I just thought it was a little surprising. Uh, I uh, I don't know. You know, uh, maybe once the Uncle Drew movie comes out, that'll kind of It'll help him. And we'll see him in next year. Yeah. I, I hope so. Uh, my final story is probably a, a hoax, but is really funny, which is that uh, on Twitter, Anthony Davis shaved the unibrow. Yeah. Do you think it's a hoax? Yes. I don't think it's a hoax. Yes. No, I think it's absolutely 100% definitely a hoax because he literally goes to shave it, and then the entire camera is suddenly gone, and when it comes back, he suddenly has it shaved, and it looks like it's makeup. But uh, we will see. We'll find out. Yeah. Either way, I think it looks great, and he should do it for real if he didn't. Uh, but uh, he did put a poll on Twitter, and um, it was forty-one percent yep. I fifty-one percent yep, forty-nine percent no. Yeah. So I don't know if it's real or not. Uh, I think it's. I, I'm, I'm guessing fake, but uh, it's hilarious. I really so. hope he doesn't do it. I think it's great. I don't want him to do it. <laughs> I think it's great. It's funny, but he's the brow man. I know, but the, you know that's it's he can switch it up for a hot second. It's not like you know it's it's gonna grow back. Like it's not. He didn't get he didn't go get electrolysis on the. <laughs> on the Twitter. Like I think it's fine, but okay. I just I I think it's funny. I like that he's. I've always liked that he felt like he could. Acknowledge this and play with it, and didn't care what people. He he. He really does seem to not care what people think, and uh, yeah, and I just dig it, and it's just a little bit more positive of a thing. Yeah, it is nice to end on a positive note. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Quickly. Yes, sir. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. Mariners undefeated. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Excited? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, you guys yeah. going to be fairly middling this year, do you think? Here's the thing. Uh, first of all, just as a personal note, I just don't get into baseball until basketball's over. Mm-hmm. Just, I just don't care right now. But mm-hmm. um, also, the, the Seattle Mariners have been have been yeah undefeated at one nothing have have been a torture for me for you know more than a decade yeah like, like they have the longest drought in baseball they uh-huh. have not made the playoffs since Ichiro's rookie year in two thousand one yeah I he's know. like oh man that is so crazy sorry yes. please continue yes that is crazy yeah and uh, every year for the last couple of years they uh, have been teasing me for longer before falling and failing to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think that they made any massive differences. I mean, they're really Wait. counting on Ichiro again. So the last is... year they made the playoffs, was was that when they set the record? Correct. Wow. Yeah. I was at yeah. that game, as we've discussed before on this podcast. <laughs> uh, wow. And I thought... Sorry, I just dropped my microphone. And I thought that that was the heralding of good times, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. we lost to the Yankees, whatever. Uh, we were gonna. We were the team to come, that, and then we didn't come. We went. So, um, and now we're looking at a probably past his prime, uh, Felix Hernandez. We're looking mm-hmm. at a definitely past his prime Ichiro. We're looking mm-hmm. at a probably past his prime uh, Robinson Cano. It, mm-hmm. It's just there's, they're just depending on a lot of people to have either bounce back years or big years. Um, and and I, I, this is very Seattle of me. This entire rant is extremely Seattle of me that I just yeah. do not have any faith or belief in the Mariners. But that is because they've given me no reason to have that faith or belief for a very, very, very long time. And by the way, uh, the last time they made the playoffs was, was 2001. That was one of like three times I think they've ever made the playoffs. Like they're not, they've never had a su- sustained run. The la- previous year that they had a good, like a good to great season before 2001 was the mm-hmm. year in 19, what, 95 when uh when they beat the the Yankees in the second round behind like Randy Johnson, kind right? of in they, the heyday of like the Ken Griffey era, exactly. Like yeah. they 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 made the playoffs. Uh, if we look back at their at their at all of their seasons, first of all, they've only existed since 1977. They're the only mm-hmm. baseball team created as the result of a lawsuit. Um, <laughs> the they in 1995 uh, they won the ALDS over the Yankees and lost the ALCS to the Indians. The next time they made the playoffs was 97. They uh-huh. lost in the ALDS. They made the playoffs in 2000. They lost in the ALCS. They made the playoffs in 2001. They lost in the ALCS. That is the only four playoff appearances in their entire history of the team. Uh-huh. They are four years older than me, so or five, <laughs> right? So they've made in my entire life, they've made the playoffs four times. And the last time, I was uh, 20 years old. And was back in Seattle because of nine <laughs> eleven. You know what I mean? Like it's Jeez. just like a wild world. We've had since then. We've had uh, several. Uh, we've had several award winners. We've had whatever. But every year, we didn't even have a winning. The, this is my favorite thing, actually. The, the first year that they even had a winning record uh-huh. was like nineteen ninety five or nineteen ninety three. I mean, it's just like for most of their history, they just lost every year. Like they're just they're just not good. And uh, and I'm still a fan, and uh, and they and I will I will I will convince myself like your uh, Philly fan friend that they're going to do something, and then they will punch uh-huh. me in the face. So cool, um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think... Good luck to them. Sorry, you didn't really see a rant like this coming. I apologize. No, no, but no, it's totally justified. That sounds very frustrating. I I do feel for you and uh, other Philly... Or, sorry, Philly. (laughs) One of only two... By the way, last thing. One of only two franchises to never play in a World Series. What's the other one? The other one is the Washington Nationals. Wow. Yeah. Well, um... Maybe it's this year. Maybe this year is their year. That really puts things in perspective... <laughs> <laughs> Your Red Sox are going to be great, right? Uh, great. I don't know. Um, I think they'll be pretty good. Um, yeah. They have what looks to be a really, really great uh, uh, pitching rotation. Currently five hundred, by the way. The Red Currently five hundred. Uh, they, <laughs> they, their closer uh, Kimbrel uh, yeah. didn't play the first game, and oh, okay. uh, they they kind of blew it uh, in in later innings in that first game, but. Uh, he came in yesterday. They were up one nothing. Um, he came in in the ninth inning and he just t- he fanned uh, three guys in a row like it was nothing. Um, he's he's really really good. Uh, you yeah, know, we the pitching got, staff is really good this year. Right? Yeah, That's we got Chris great. Sale, we got David Price, uh, yeah. we got uh, what's his face, uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> old what's Rick Porcello. Yeah, yeah, we got Porcello. We got we got we got um, we got Tom some really Rance. good pitching this year. Yeah, yeah, and, it's a good uh, staff. It is. It yeah. is so. Sandy yeah, Bowden, I'm. Um, uh, I'm hoping it's pretty good. You know, there's in the AL. You got the uh, the Astros are obviously going to be great again. Uh, Astros the are Yankees be great again. Yeah, the Yankees are really really stacked. So, yeah. Um, I think it'll. I think it'll be fun. I watched the game yesterday. I, I didn't have anything better to do, and I threw it on, and it was fun. You never have anything better to do. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. I'm just kidding. The Giants are surprisingly two and zero as well. Not that either you or I are a fan, but it is sort of, sort of interesting. It is interesting. It's also yeah. probably unsustainable. Yeah, well, um, they've won on two one oh one one oh homers from Joe Panic, so unless, they're gonna, yeah, exactly. unless he's going to homer in 100 and... <laughs> it's funny, I was out earlier this morning, and I told... I, there was, you know, some some old dude talking to another old dude about how amazing Joe Panic is. Yeah. Like, hmm, <laughs> and, oh, okay. it's another even year, and it's like... I just... I love... Didn't we break uh, the even year thing, like, two years ago? Yeah, it's been... It's been... Um, because the last one was 2014, so it's yeah, been it's been uh, a while. It's been a minute. Been a, been minute. a minute. Yeah. But as, uh, I, as I sit here crying into my Mariners uh, commemorative <laughs> cup, you know, I I, I like uh, I like the ability uh, in baseball that to be optimistic. Um, it's nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or cynical. You know, people approach it different <laughs> ways. You know, certainly either way Boston, you want to look at it. You know, my my mom uh, always is optimistic about baseball seasons, but generally the tone, especially in Boston sports media is always like to be really negative. Like they feel yeah. the same way about David Price that they felt about like Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> oh, it's like, Pablo Sandoval. like this guy's a really, really, really good pitcher. And yeah, and, yeah maybe you don't love the contract, but uh, you know, he's pretty good. <laughs> Have we um, talked either on there or off there, what we plan to do once the NBA season's over? Yeah. We said we were going to watch basketball movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. We could also talk about baseball. We could throw a little uh, baseball in there. Yeah. I don't think we're, sure. we don't have the same level of in-depth knowledge or interest or uh, ability to really get into the meat of baseball, but we could at least sure. you know, chat about it. We'll, we'll figure something out yeah, because we, I don't, we, don't want to put, we don't want to put this on the shelf. No, we don't. We yeah. want to keep going. We, this is an, a year-round podcast for you, friends. That's right. Yeah. And probably uh, half of our fans uh, don't care about basketball. Four of them, yeah. <laughs> don't care about basketball, so they'll, they'll be loving it over the summer. <laughs> all right. Well, should we should we say goodbye yep. to all those fans? We're, it's a good time to wrap it up. Time. Sorry, this was kind of like a morbid one, but hey, the playoffs are around the corner. The news are the, the news is the news, you know. 
And, yeah, there's only so many people left in the league, so there can't be that many injuries to talk about <laughs> next week. There's no one left to get injured. Um, yeah, it just remains to say thanks for listening. And Thank have you, a great everybody. week. Yeah. Bye.